We're going to count us in? Or we going to go? No, this is the podcast. Yeah. Welcome to another my... episode of The Boys and I. Mm. Where are we? Which one's the I? That's uh, the glory of Where you the want title. it to be. I know. That's, that's, I saw that meme online. There's a meme? <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's all over your guys' subreddit. Oh, cool. Which we have a subreddit? I, yeah. yeah, I'm making all of this up. There are thousands and thousands of subscribers to our subreddit. Mm-hmm. Don't lie. I'll have yeah. to check that out. Mm. Uh, today, we are joined by the incomparable Ricky Hayberg from, Michi- well, from ETC. Not, right. Hold your tongue. Sorry, I was a real close <laughs> one. And also, you're joining us. You're on our set. No, you're joining us on our broadcast. Mm. I'm the I. Yeah. And Shane Shibby. From What's going Mission on, guys? Realm. I'm is here. it Realm or is it, is it Mission or Realm? I don't even know anymore. It's technically a Realm game. You keep saying that word. Hmm. Really, pushing, really pushing the machinima over here. Yeah. I, hey. How's your problem? I, we put years into distancing ourselves. Feels here like we all used in to one work. fell swoop. You just that bring it strangely. Right you don't seem particularly you know, distanced. You guys are Paula Abdul <laughs> taking <laughs> two step forward, and I'm DJ <laughs> Scat Cat bringing you one step back. Yeah, Scat Cat. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah, we wanted to talk to you guys today it's, uh, to have you on the podcast, on the talk show, uh, because you guys are running your own successful channels now, and you're full-time YouTubers. Yeah. How's that? Uh, I mean, there's worse things you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want me to name them? No. Oh. I'd like to hear a couple, yeah. Um, factory worker where the, you create meat products. Yeah, that's bad. Um, rubber factory. The person that has to make sure that everyone is buckled rubber factory into might the, not be so bad because you get high all day. You get high on your meat point. supply though. The person at a theme park that has to check to make sure all the seats are uh, buckled safely because it's like yeah. it, you kind of like just half-ass it because you're thinking, well, it's a fucking machine, and eventually something's going to happen. Something's going to die. Gonna it's going to be your fault. It's the yeah. highest pressure like amusement that, park uh, job you can have. It's the pushing tin of amusement parks. But it's so boring. Yeah. It's like the person who put that kid on the raft and then he flew off the edge or whatever. Huck Finn. Yes. So you're talking about Huckleberry Finn on the raft. Yes. Yeah. What about eating all the popcorn in a theater after people leave? Is that a job? That's a job. <laughs> is that a job that you had, or? I think someone. Fu- I think. I think your old manager was fucking with you. That well, be Jimmy, the movie's out. Job, actually, time Damn. to get in there and eat all the popcorn. I, like I wanted popcorn. to talk to y'all today about terrible jobs. No, about well, sort of the subject that you introed by making fun of me for saying uh, machinima, which uh-huh. is that you guys have been actively. Distancing yourself from the from the parent brand uh, that pays you on a day to day basis, uh-huh. and I'm interested in sort of what that progression has been like for you, and how you see branding, like generally how you see branding on YouTube, and how your audience has been reacting over the last couple of years as as you've made that transition. Well, so that's like that's me like really poorly teeing up the topic of conversation for today. So to get back to your point of like the job of a YouTuber, um, especially in a a capacity where you have to come into a studio and work for a company, uh-huh. it there's not a, as much like freedom of everything that people could assume. You're on a schedule. You have goals you have to meet, uh, or at least attempt to meet, and it's it's stressful because you are put into a position where it's not traditional media, so you have to wear 50 different hats, and people just accept you like they're just like oh well you should be able to do that Mm -hmm. so you have to think about you're not just writing a script you're writing a script you're you're um 
performing it on camera, you're you're producing. You're producing. Sometimes you're editing, or at least at the very least, looking over edits. You're creating the assets that go along with it. You're running social media. You're marketing. Uh, you're also answering business emails. You're structuring everything that. Uh, isn't that the same? Isn't that the same whether you're independent or whether you're working within a company? Or I think when what's you're, different about I, it? I, I can only assume that when you're in independent, there's less of a demand to constantly report back to someone that might more not might not be requesting information or trying right. to get something out of you. Like a lot of the stuff that comes down is potential sales deals, and it's like, well, hey, what can you do for this? And it's like, I mean, you know what we do. It's I, I'm tired of explaining. Over also, and over being and over here, again. there's more legal checkpoints that we have to yeah. go through because it's our company now, Warner Brothers, and then the company we're working with, especially with you guys. It's it's really yes, out. but I would say fewer legal checkpoints than we had to go through at SourceFed when we were owned by Discovery. When mm -hmm. like we couldn't use images just we found off of Google. In yeah. fact, while we were there, we were getting into a lot of trouble from our old website that had stuff like that. We had to hunt down original sources for a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So we had to like. You were literally source feeding. We were literally feeding sources. Well, that's yeah. you know, it's it's so one of the big differences between being with a company and not being with a company, and this is definitely a perspective you know that SourceFed really highlighted was. Everybody knows when they look at SourceFed that this is owned by Discovery, and Discovery is a billion-dollar company. Mm -hmm. If they thought SourceFed was owned by just some kid making a hundred dollars a month, they, they and their photo was on there, they're not yeah. going to go make a fourteen-thousand-dollar claim on right. a photo. You're dealing with a lot of legal challenges, and I think you're dealing with a lot of. It sounds like RFPs, which for those that don't know, is a request for proposal. It's basically like an ad deal. If you're independent, I would assume you'd probably look at that and say. It works or it doesn't, and you'd kind of toss it off. But yeah. it, when you're within a company, and this is something I experienced a lot when I was here, uh, you have to like respond to all of them, and yeah. it's such a drain because the close well, rate on it, which is how many very times you sell them, is like less than less than take one time out of your day of creating stuff. Net. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is uh, to go back to yes, a lot of like a YouTuber in general is kind of looked at as a kind of glamorous thing, but it. For, for the most part, does take a lot out of anyone who's trying. It's running a business, and it is kind of. It's a weird position because specifically at a company like this, um, we're, I guess you would say, like masters of our own domain, but kind of locked away, still. Where it's like, yeah, we can do and say what we want for the most part, mm -hmm. but we do have to perform and do certain things and constantly evolve. And when that kind of thing happens, it's like, hey do this and this and this and add on top of what, everything that you're doing already and it becomes okay well how much is too much and at what point do we want to try to seek help to perform and at that point it becomes a budget issue and it's like when you're doing something independently it's like it's a little bit different and I think also when you bring in the point of like the checks and balances I mean we had a, we had a big problem with uh, Juke and Media a couple of years ago of no fault of our own uh, it was on the a bunch of old videos mm -hmm. from ETC from like 2011 and 12 when we were experimenting on things to do uh, we would do like kind of a viral wrap-up kind of thing and back then these videos weren't owned by anyone and we, we, used to put, we, we used to do like videos of the day on yeah on, on both etc do and vines of the day yeah so we would do stuff show. like that yeah. and, and we would give credit to where they came from because back then it was technically still like the wild west of video content it's like you would reach out to someone and be like, hey, if we give you credit for this, is that cool? Yeah, it's fine, blah, 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 blah. And then we got, we, they, had ran, they had run some program where, so Jukin had apparently like gone back and bought the rights to a bunch of old viral stuff. And so they now own those rights 
throughout the lifespan of that video. So they went retroactively to old shows that had featured that stuff, not new stuff. That was yeah, those videos were already done. Yeah, they were like years old, and we're like, okay, now you owe us ten thousand. That's so interesting. I wonder if like legally the the ownership starts at the point of acquisition or the point of upload or. It, well, I think it depends on the contract the person yeah. signs. Yeah, it's like so like I mean, I, I don't know, but it's an interesting. I mean, but the but pitch it, to them would be we can go back and get you money for doing would, nothing. I think they would still. I think they would still do that even if you were an independent YouTuber, though. Don't you think? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, that doesn't. I mean, I think they know, did be independent that. or not. I think they got into a little bit of hot water because they were doing that with a lot of independent YouTubers and YouTubers like started speaking up against yeah. that. I, it's calmed down a lot with them now, but. Um, so to go to what, what was the point that you started off with uh, aside from just the job itself? I want, well, because you guys have been like oh the distancing, distancing yourselves over over time. Well, and that's that's like so the thing is is even me as a viewer. I'm not really a fan of watching a company do something. I like watching personalities, and that's the kind of stuff that I watch on YouTube. And like, we kind of just started distancing ourselves initially because we were like, well, we don't want to be something that we wouldn't ourselves watch. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of, we started developing shows that we were really interested in and not caring about what the channel was or what it should have been. And it was funny, I brought it up the other day, like, I mean, we we were going through like a name thing where like we got to change the name at one point. Yeah. And in retrospect, like one of the names was like, uh, like oh god, it was like uh, fanatic or popnatic or something. It was like it would didn't have any good names. It was we all like bad. Incapable. No, this is for but in, in, but ETC. ETC is a great name. I think okay. ETC is well, a good name. Well, it's just bland though. because it doesn't really. It, it's it's ambiguous, it, which that, is great. At that time, uh, I had been in the process of of separating similarly Happy Hour from Machinima because I didn't feel like I had any control. Yeah. Over the the total programming, even though I was kind of managing that myself yeah. because my boss at the time was relatively absent. Uh, and you know, but would show up to just drop something really weird on the channel every night, and it was just constantly causing problems for my programming, yeah. which was doing really well. So, so my my solution was to start running these happy hour bumpers on all the machinima stuff. So at that time, it was like Sanity not included, and all the little cartoons and mm -hmm. stuff that we do with, with different animators and, and like little like action films and stuff. And eventually, we spun that off into its own channel. And they were really hardcore about it being called Machinima Happy Hour, but I just went and claimed Happy Hour and just kind of let it roll. Yeah. And it by was, the time it got really got going and had like a million subscribers, they were just whatever. But 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 that like that's also interesting because here's an instance where it, it brings up the question of security versus uh, you know the the creative the, freedom. The, the creative freedom. Happy Hour was pretty much killed. You mm -hmm. know. Despite how well Happy Hour is doing, like every single video is doing hundreds of thousands of views, like everyone pretty much got laid off from there. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, had it been a little bit more in line with with you know the party line, you know whatever that was, as it changed with each executive that came in, uh, I think it might have had like a better shot at like going on forward. But it was also the kind of thing that those guys couldn't go and do on their own because or that pitched was like, in brands, right? It's like <clears> it's a it's a you know kind of the scripted narrative stuff had had become at that point like kind of impossible to do and kind of continues to be I think. Well, and that's I mean that's an inherent problem in the platform itself because I mean I don't think anyone here would be surprised to find out that even the most popular animators on YouTube are struggling mm -hmm. to support themselves. Well, it's hard because I mean look the platform. So having a team who's aggregating this kind of stuff and paying people it's for it at a decent 
rate, yeah, it's yeah. It, it's nearly impossible to and do. And the cost keeps going up and up because it's you know it's entertainment. YouTube as a as a better quality, more length. But yeah, the, yeah. And the YouTube algorithm doesn't reward animators. It, it rewards people, vloggers, people who can upload every Daily. day at the same yep. at the same time on the Get regular. People I kind of understand from YouTube's perspective. Totally. That, you know, my my intention here was was definitely to to have etc be its own thing in the mm -hmm. same way that happy hour was its own thing and in the same way that that we were putting into motion to do with inside gaming also we've been talking about having them just do a gameplay channel and just having it called inside gaming and you know the executives are kind of against that too if you recall uh yeah and i i i think i told this story recently we were on a trip at gdc and that was when adam and bruce and james and i just sort of decided to just do it and not tell anybody. And it was very it was very similar. Like we just made the decision to do it. We took the machinima post we just started taking machinima post rolls off of our videos because yeah, we had to too. fight for that as well. Yeah. I remember uh, no, I, like, I this was is, this doesn't make any sense at all. And so, so there was like one so, point where they were like, you have to start every video with dubstep and a tank. And it was just like doesn't make any sense. And there was like money falling. Like it was someone took like a bunch of After Effects templates and like mashed yeah, them together yeah. and put yeah. dubstep on it. And they're like, this has to go at the front of every video. And we're like, cool. Well, should we just like pack up now? And I actually, so I actually had made like way better, like cooler, like just just slicker, more polished ones, yeah. like really short ones, you know, in case we had to continue using them and they would not approve them because they had this like marketing department that didn't approve anything for like yeah. a year and a half. Which is like, <laughs> which is all to say that the like, Red Bull, branding yeah. has its place. Like there, there are times when branding makes sense. Like, but I also think that YouTube as a platform, it's a platform of creators. It's a young platform, which is populated by young viewers and young creators who don't, Really love corporate branding, and if they get a like a whiff of that something is astroturf, that some big company is coming they did, in, like it, that's true. But it, it did actually make sense in the beginning. It, it just uh, things sure, changed, sure. and and just as a as an entire organization, we didn't roll with it as quickly as we mm -hmm. should have. Because right. when we first started, uh, you know, and and we kind of really did have a genuine ownership of entertainment and gaming in terms of like quality of content, consistency of content, volume of content, type of content. There's nobody else that really kind of owned those verticals the way that we did. Like every partner that, that we that we you know respect and admire today almost was like within the network. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I mean, you that, know this. That worked really well because at the time it was Machinima is gaming. If you want to be a gaming partner, you had to go to and the And it meant network. something, and yeah. people actually liked the, the company. People actually liked the idea of Machinima when we were doing actual Machinima, you know, and we had a website where were people doing real Machinima, the the, the animation of, of video game assets, which well, and still the, happens, but not as much. That that community had its own website and all that stuff, and, and we kind of, like, we scorched the earth a little bit by terminating that website and eliminating those message boards and... It was also the next natural progression of a generation that grew up watching G4. So when the actual live action in-house stuff was starting to kind of come out, and of course a lot of people had already worked at G4, it felt like the next natural progression. It was, oh, this YouTube thing's happening, and I can just go watch essentially the same stuff with a lot of the same people over on this website which I think helped in the early years. I don't think it was, there weren't the same people on camera. No, 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 but what sure. I'm saying some, is like it felt like, it felt like a, at the very least, a brother or sister network to what you were seeing on G4. And yet from a programming perspective, we were trying to distance, really distance ourselves yeah. from like G4 yes, and IGN yeah. by, by having this like kind of 
attitude that I think well, the content also, still has. Yeah. Being, I think, I mean, look, I worked on X-Play, and, and I would argue that X-Play did have an attitude, and it was it's just a different kind of attitude. Mm. I think that the difference between Machinima, though, and G4, and specifically X-Play, which was their gaming show, Attack yeah. of the Show was not a gaming-specific show, although it was pop culture is that... Machinima had an editorial presence, but it was always—it was not the point of the company. The yeah. point yeah, of yeah. X-Play was to be an editorial voice and do game reviews and to have a critique. I on, think on I games. think that some people might disagree with you. You know, there was there was like a whole vertical when Rob Jones was there the, and uh, Rob Smith and yes. having like the Inside Gaming blog. And, and I'm taking I'm taking that Inside like, Gaming you know, Awards. That that was a like we did that. That was an initiative. We had that vertical, but it wasn't the point of the company. And it's not like it's not why primarily an audience. It was for came. Avatar trailers. It was it was for Avatar trailers. It's the number one video on the channel still yeah, today. Yeah, and trailers in general. That's true. And that's that's so. something that really helped ETC early on. Yeah, we'd get these yeah. huge bumps every time we got an exclusive trailer because we had good relationships with with yeah. with uh, production companies. Companies, which is one of the good things about being with the company. Yeah, is that they know, they get it. They know the name. It's it's familiar. It's, like well, Dread was a really good example of a movie that was actually good, where we ran the trailer, mm -hmm. and because we had it exclusively, we got a lot of subscribers that were actually valuable. Yeah, you know, and I think really, I, and I think that a lot of studios and advertisers are, especially in the last like year, year and a half, they're looking at how off the rails some of the creators can go, and they are regretting their association with these independent creators, yeah. as opposed to when they come to a when they come to a channel like ETC, even though you guys have, again, and we'll get to this, sort of disassociated yourselves from the Machinima brand, you're There's checks and balances. There are checks and balances, yeah. and, and they can expect a quality product, and they know that you're not going to just absolutely... Go on Fiverr and pay people to write... Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Felix. So I'd say, Which is funny, because that's what Russia did last year. They just went on Fiverr and got a bunch of people to... Make those. Did you see those videos? No. They found like one of the YouTube videos that Russia had paid for, or a channel that Russia had paid for. No and way. it's essentially like just <laughs> two foreign dudes being like, Hillary Clinton is the devil, she'll rape you all. Uh, yeah, Jesus. Anyways, anyways, back to the exclusive trailer bit. I mean, that was a big reason that companies did not have their own pages and they went to Machinima because that was just something they could give the exclusive rights to and they didn't well, have a we were one Shadow of Mordor YouTube channel. Too. Yeah. Like that, just companies didn't have their own pages yet. Yeah, so I mean, that, hey, the most part they do at this point, though. They right? do now. Yeah. Right? I, yeah, I sure. saw uh, Rob, Jones, uh, Rob Jones showed a tweet today. Uh, the most watched YouTube channel in every state, the number one watched YouTube channel in the state of Idaho is Machinima. Yeah, uh, which, like, the Machinima social account replied back and went, lol. Something. And uh, <laughs> I was like, I sent him a message, and I was like, first of all, the person running that account has no idea who you are. Uh, second of all, the methodology that they posted on their website is, we took the top 50 most viewed channels of all time and ah. cross-checked it with Google Trends for each mm -hmm. state, and this is what we came up with. And I was just like, cool, that's a great, like, Assignment in a high school. Yeah, that's, that's class. A, that is what a sixteen-year-old yeah. thinks yeah. is research. Yeah. Like I don't. I I backtraced it, and uh, these are the results. You I should got. see my spreadsheet. Well, the other things are like, oh, Ellen does really well in Oklahoma. It's like, okay, wh wh what is this data? Who cares? But uh, bump those as far up. as like the distancing, the distancing thing, I would say it was essential for us to grow into a channel that represented who we are and who our audience wanted to watch. And distancing ourselves from a, a company like Machinima was just, the, it was just the necessary step to be able to say, this is our content, we are writing it, we are producing it, what you see when we upload something is us. And there's no, there's no barrier between, like there's no studio person coming over here and writing this stuff for us or telling us what to do or doing this and doing that. This is what we are and that was the main point of distancing it. Also, they 
didn't have a. They, and to, to this day, they're working to try to like change that. That would that would there was be a big downfall if, with their brand. If they would have if they would have gone the rooster teeth path mm -hmm. and just been very exclusive about which partners they work with yeah. and really focus on the content, which is what I really had hoped that we were going to do, and it's the reason why I stayed so long because that was my focus. Yeah. Uh, then it would have been mutually beneficial for everybody to really get behind the company. Well, so I think it's really but, interesting. But the problem that, was the multi-channel yeah. network element, of yeah. it. right? Because the multi-channel element network puts you in a place where you become the enemy, no matter what. As soon as your you're partner, the lightning rod. As soon as your partner gets a better offer from somebody and wants to terminate their contracts, go on bashing on social media or whatever. They yep. bash you on social media. You have no recourse. You have to let them go. Now, a million subscribers hate you, and it's like it happens repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly, not just to Machinima but to everybody. Yeah. So the association with the multi-channel network. Network, it's so poisonous to original programming. You don't have a choice but to distance yourself. When I started at the company, the first week I remember at talking to a bunch of people and saying, "Wait, what, what, like, why aren't we a studio? Like, why don't we just start becoming a studio and we'll make shows and we can distribute some of them online and we can also sell some of them to TV networks or where, you know whatever platforms are coming out." Like Netflix um, was just starting streaming back then, and the answer I got was. That's all old media. We don't want to be a studio. We want to be digital only with like a distributed network of creators. What's interesting now is that as the MCM model has collapsed, and you see that on, through Maker and full screen, and they're all they're all Machinima yeah. is what has, has got fewer. Certainly, has got. I mean, at, at its peak, had thirty or forty thousand. So yeah, we had thirty or forty thousand. Now we're thinking ten. I agree. I agree with both of you guys. Where I was like, the thing to do is make it boutique. So it's. You get the cream of the crop, and you, it's easier to manage. But from a studio point of view, like uh, creating O and O shows and having a studio and, and making things—that's kind of where the company is now. Mm -hmm. Like you guys do have a studio. You have two studios. You've got multiple sets. Like you are creating shows for a variety we're of platforms. Damn, we're trying. It's, yeah, and it's like so much. Like if I would have had this when I was here, I would have been making films like every week with James and those guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. The value proposition is a lot higher, and and. Like, I'm not apologizing. Look, full disclosure, I'm contracting here right now, and I'm not yeah. apologizing. Well, yeah, we are very happy that you're here. I'm glad to see Cheers. you. I love having Joel week. back. Yeah. Joel, oh. having Joel back has changed my life. Oh, well, for, and I, for better? Very, uh, actually, it's terrible now. Mm -hmm. no, uh, but very, full disclosure, yes. like, I am here, but I, and, and no, like, we can all acknowledge that, like, Machinima did fuck up a lot in yeah. the past, but... I think that like the new direction is a little bit more compelling than what they've done, and I, I I wouldn't be here contracting if I weren't at least somewhat on board with some of the programming and some of the initiatives that you guys are doing. The reason I, I mean I've talked about this on this show before. The reason I left Machinima wasn't for personal reasons. It was because I didn't like the fact that we were becoming a licensing and distribution network for other people's content, mm -hmm. and they were just putting it up on the Machinima channel. I just got so frustrated about the fact that I couldn't make stuff anymore, yeah. and that that our budgets were going down. That 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 ultimately is why I personally decided to leave. And it was frustrating watching you guys leave when you guys did because it was network, 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 and not in, like bringing up the talent we had at the studio. Right. And really putting our arms on embracing that because it was just a really missed opportunity. And but it seems like there's like a good investment in the talent in the studio right now. You guys... So just put a, put a pin in like the yeah. whole uh, thing with this because I don't want to get into a loop of like talking about the, the missteps. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, like some of the best talent ever online came through these doors and at the very least learned how to perfect their craft in one way or another through the company and the one thing that I can say still to this day is 
I'm happy to come here every day because as far as we're concerned, and I know a lot of people had this problem when they were working here, but like as far as me and Elliot are concerned with ETC, I could never imagine at any other company, maker, uh, full screen, whatever, that they would just let us do exactly what we do anywhere yeah. else. It is, it is the most freedom I've ever had at a job. It is, there is zero oversight. We've never gotten notes on something that wasn't like handled by someone else, like a production thing. Uh, I'm talking about like a daily content, like, yeah, hey, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. oh, you said this, blah, blah, blah. Like, we talk shit well, about when, when, a Warner Bros. Bros. when a Warner Brothers movie is bad and we talk shit about it, we have never had someone come back and be like, yeah, I'll take that video down. No, no, it's it's fine. Like, they're like, you hey, were it's your explicitly opinion. told never to do creepy text again until the numbers exploded and it did really well. Oh, and, my God. Okay, yeah. so yeah, that was the one thing <laughs> really? where we had, we, we were literally sitting on the episode of Sasha Gray, mm -hmm. and they were like, you can't, we don't want this to go up because it's attached to our name and it's really, really disgusting. And I was like, that's the point. I was like, no, 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 well, I was like, you have to understand, and I framed it this way, which is true, like you have to understand that this is shining a light on how terrible, terrible people are online to each other, not just in, in comments, but how disgusting the world is behind closed doors. But not in like a strident, like and we made it funny. Way. We, we made, made it, it funny. In a funny way. We that, made it really like, funny, yeah. but like that, these are every text that you've ever seen on Creepy Text Theater are real text. Was the person that told you not to run it mad because his own text was featured in it? <laughs> <laughs> and his name was Harvey Weinstein. Oh my God! He didn't get to just meet come into talent. my room for five minutes. Five minutes. I stay here all the time. Don't, Don't embarrass, embarrass me. me. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, so that was one thing, and we were like, no, we're putting this up, and then it blew up, and they're like. Literally to this day, like, can you guys do more creepy text theater? And it's to the point where it's like, dude, I can. I, I literally grab the best from the entire year. And we make two episodes a year because I don't want to write the show. Yeah, there's like a finite amount of those that you're gonna find. And the there's real there's or... there's creepy shit out there that, that we find, but it's not but funny that's, that's or good enough fun. the or fact, whatever. The fact that you only do it once a year is what makes it fun. Mm -hmm. Like. Uh, Santa Steve always did really well at SourceFed, but like you couldn't do that more than once a year. Like for, I mean, yeah. for a variety hey, of reasons. It's but, June. It's, yeah. uh, it's uh, half Christmas. Yeah. Steve in July. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting though what you say about you know being happy to come in and having that freedom and stuff. Like honestly, like if I'd have known that it would been been had been like that and you'd have a place like this, like I, I probably would have just stayed and just thrown in my lot with ETC and been like, hey, I'm on camera now with you guys. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't seem so bad to me. You guys well, to I mean, that's the thing is like, stuff. now we're trying our best to expand a little bit. Like we've been nonstop bringing uh, Nick and Phil from whatever the hell their channels are. Action, action figure I know that, but they have two. They have Dankfire, action figures, then they had to change to action figure comics. Pro they took over Primer, uh, but we bring them on a whole bunch. Uh, Don't try Chloe to revive that channels. Uh, we, we've actually, there, we, we've reached out to the mentally handicapped and brought Shibby on to a lot of shows. <laughs> and uh, and it's going I, great, bud. That's the thing, and, and, and me and Joel have had a lot of conversations about how we can expand in 2018, because yeah. I think that what, what, what me and Elliot do now is we've done what we can do, and we've done... We've kind of like, I, not perfected, I would never say that, but we have done the best we can with what we have. And if we want to continue to grow, we have to do different things. Well, actually, I, I want to I talk about that because there's something really interesting that, that you guys have been doing for the last few months. And uh, it's, uh, it's having a slightly antagonistic relationship with your core audience. 
Oh well, that's just because it's the fucking like, world is. That's that's the that's the world no, is that's right. the state of that's the state of the country. That I know, is, but a lot of people a lot of people manage that a lot of different ways, right? Like, oh, we hate like people. Some play, people yeah. kind of step away from it. Some people no, play fuck both you. sides. I love all those liberals on ETC. <laughs> no, we like literally are like like. But that's the thing is like. You're kind of you're kind of listen. I'm not comparing how much gr- growth you can experience as long as you keep on it. <laughs> That's fine, yeah, but no, that's the I'm thing not is criticizing like, it. I just I'm pointing it out. I don't, I but that's the thing it. is. Here's the thing is, I that is a not to compare us to the genius <laughs> that is Marshall Mathers, but there is a line in the sand, and sadly that line has been drawn closer and closer to us in the past year, mm-hmm. to the point where yes, we do get combative when it's something that is so blatantly egregious mm. that a year ago anyone. Anyone that is a decent person would say that's fucked up. It came out and now, so hard and fast at SourceFed that we were blindsided by it. Yeah. It's but that's the problem is, is like we I refuse to back down to, su- to you guys someone that, on those topics. But your separation from the brand I think allowed you to continue to be who you were. Oh, we could never do that if we were like right. Machinima's and, uh, and Machinima Entertainment on on the Machinima channel. It's like that would never happen. But that's the thing is like when you see stuff like the NFL thing with Pence, mm-hmm. and you see uh, uh, the stuff with Donald Trump and, and all this stuff. It, what a disgraceful thing for our vice president to be involved with. I so, know. So stupid. <laughs> so I know. And to frame, it, to frame well, I, it all as, as supporting veterans when your fucking president called John McCain a fucking loser yeah. for getting captured. I know. Like, uh, I know. Th- so that's the thing is the line is constantly moving over. So did and you the- make a conscious decision or, or no, did the no, show no. evolve over no, time? No, it, it, was, it was like being gaslit for a fucking year straight. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, wait, are you guys aren't joking? Like, this is really what you think about it? I always and it's assumed like- they were joking, but now I'm starting to, like, not be so sure. <laughs> so the, pro- the problem is is that, like, I, I, I think of it about, about like, a, uh, like, say you have, like, a balloon. Yeah. And... So before it was like you squeeze it in the middle and there's like, we would consider ourselves in the middle. There's conservative and there's liberal mm-hmm. and you know, there's different ways and, and ways to work both of those and be in harmony with each other. And then you have a complete side of the internet that turns uh, anything that is left of center into being a fucking pussy, into being a cuck, into being a shill, into being a piece of shit and then that what that does is it squeezes that side down and it squeezes people over here. And the problem is, is that no fucking 18 to 34 year old dude wants to be called a fucking pussy. So when you say, when you say it's like, when you, when you have the, the argument and it gets so deep to the point where you're literally called a cuck for even saying that maybe Donald Trump should learn how to fucking read it and does, write. It doesn't help that, that the left also squeezes itself, and so you're probably being. Oh yeah, no. By, by but that's the thing is like we don't are criticizing exactly in which way you are being. Liberal. But that's the thing is like we don't identify as that. We uh, present ourselves as this is what I think about this situation. So would you say that it's the audience that decides whether we're the fucking cucks or not? Do you think I, that, I, that I that take it in and I go, look, this is fucking stupid? And it was funny because last year we did like three fucking videos about how <laughs> shitty of a candidate Hillary Clinton was, and then like a week later we do a video about Trump and they're like, these fucking Hillary shills are on George Soros's payroll. And it's like <laughs> last week we said she's a fucking idiot. We did like fifty-seven anti-Donald Trump videos, and we did one about Hillary, and it got like 24 million views so yeah what are you gonna do what, yeah i mean that's insane they want uh, what they want would you like so but but the way that the show has evolved it feels like the 
there is no alt left. Alt left doesn't exist, but it feels no. like it. It definitely feels like a reaction to the online alt right, uh, like the original alt right from 2016, not the Nazi actual alt, yeah, like yeah. shit shitbag Steve Bannon alt right, like the yeah. more like early Milo alt right. Yeah. And again, like, do you not do you see yourselves in that way? But like, is that is that something that like you've consciously cultivated? Is like just as such a reaction to the shitheads online mm. that you're just going to like serve it back? No, no, no. The it, like I said, I, I hope this point comes across is that we've always been in the position where we want to say what exactly what we think about any situation, whether it's the fact that we really didn't think Hillary was the best candidate for the Democratic Party, or that Donald Trump is a fucking moron, because I do believe that. I believe he's a heartless piece of fucking shit and a monster. There's like zero evidence to the contrary. Exactly. <laughs> but the problem is, is, is it's up to the people viewing it to instantly group us into whatever they have preconceived in their head. The problem is, is that it's not like we're going out and attacking the people who think that. It's that the world and the country has become so absurd that it, it's hard not to take shots at it because the first I think the thing the thing and it started with weekly weird news. Oh, I thought I see I really thought it started with Tugs as a result of Gamergate. Oh, That's well, yeah, really Tugs, where I thought it started. Tugs was an answer to uh, that I'll, I'll get to Tugs in a second because right, yeah. that was a different I love that was that kind show. of a, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tugs is my favorite show that but, you guys do. I think I said Is it making earlier. gaming great again? Uh, what, I'll, what I'll say about the the thing is, is is it started with like weekly weird news is where we were like, you know what's a lot of fun? Mocking the absurdity of what goes on mm -hmm. and what is acceptable. And it's only gotten worse every single month, day, year since we decided that that was a fun thing to do. Yeah. And it really, not politically, but in entertainment news came to a head last May when we decided that we would no longer do the show for Machinima. Uh, we were doing a daily show on Machinima's main channel mm -hmm. for entertainment news. Mm -hmm. And if you look if you look back at May, I think we ended it in June, so June, May, April, March of last year. 2016. If you want to see like just us being like, why the fuck does anyone care about this? Look at those three or four months. Yeah. And that is a perfect explanation as to well, what led us to be like, are you all fucking crazy? Because... It's making us feel crazy. Like that, March, that, March, April, May, June is when the world like exploded and went crazy. That's yeah. like, and we found that with SourceFed too. When they flicked on the, uh, the the Large Hadron Collider for the last time. And yeah. We're <laughs> in the upside I mean, down. Like, and opened up we the, were trying uh, to cover portals of the dark dimension. Yes. We were trying to cover like news from like a fun, funny, like this is exciting, and like we're like making like you know making funny news videos, and we were trying, and then like daily there would be like a cop shooting. Yeah, or daily there be and like, just a like, what the like how do we talk about this? All, like, of, all of the talent are like, we are fucking comics. Like we are not even like even if even if we wanted to talk about this, we're like not qualified. And I'm yeah, no, this isn't on, on, like, on us. Neither am I really. Like yeah. we're not like journalism majors. Like this is not what we really signed up for. But I'm not the like, young Turks. There's like a fucking there's like a mass oh shooting every yeah. fucking day at so, this at this point, and 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 there was just so much bad news. It was it was. You felt kind of stupid making a really enthusiastic video about yeah. the trailer for Cars 3, but then it would get millions of views, and you'd be like, What's Well, those are the things, like, when the Vegas shooting happened, we just put up a thing on our Twitter, and we're like, we're not doing the live show today. It seems in poor taste to talk about box office numbers right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's stupid. But, yeah, if you look at those things, it was like, 
Red Letter Media fucking nailed it because they started doing a show that just mocked entertainment news. But we were basically getting to that point. Like, if you look at the even the thumbnails and titles from videos back then, it's every other day. Huge Marvel news, and it's just fucking Spider-Man going. Bleh. And yeah. it's just like, oh yeah, they shut off. They shut off yeah. Spider-Man's arm from his new suit. Yeah. Like, who the fuck? Like, you oh, could shit. literally see it in our eyes going. It's a screen cap fuck cares? from a teaser for a trailer that will launch in a month. Yeah, like, and I remember like, and, and I'll admit to this, like the fact that it was at that time we were like, man, like, oh, the new. Um, X-Men Apocalypse trailer's out. I better do a trailer breakdown. I don't fucking know anything about X-Men as far as, like, I read Uncanny X-Men when I was a kid, but I don't, like, I would have to sit there with fucking 15 pages of oh, research. Like, that's oh, that's really interesting. So, so you basically have come to a point where you feel like the content that you're, that you're doing is disingenuous, and in order to distance yourself from it, you have to just cover the content that is interesting to you. Yes. Right? Yes. Which is... When we made the full switch over from doing the show for them and into ours... We were like, listen, this is what... Because everyone gets older, everyone's tastes evolve as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like, do we want our channel to be our 25-year-old selves forever? No. We want to evolve because otherwise we're going to be unhappy. And you know what? Like, fuck Donald Trump, but... It's fucking hilarious right, how bad he is. Like constantly yeah. replace people with new twenty-five-year-olds. Exactly. Just to be fair. That, I mean, <laughs> that's that's you're you're right because that keeps that show exactly yeah. what it if is. The content's not I mean, evolving. Machinima, it's disingenuous. If, if, if whoever was in charge of Machinima at that time was smart, they would have been they would have been up training like some hot young teens right underneath your nose that whole time and then yep. place them right into the slot that they need to monetize. Yes. Well, no, but Which that's... Which is what, you know... The, the problem Richard is, too, is... Everyone else is, does. Smosh, everyone does this. Yeah. And, and the other problem was we didn't think that we were evolving in, uh, in a creative way. We were like, we're... Like, I can sit there and write four pages about one tweet. Like, that's not fun. I'd rather challenge myself and write a comedic four-page script about something that actually sort of matters, even if it's tech news or, like, yeah. making fun of, like, a dude in Florida getting arrested because he accidentally choked his girlfriend because he had a massive dong. Like, fi- that's fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, so... He ha- was acquitted, by the way, because he pulled his dick out in court. How has your... How- <laughs> like, sir, like that's point. fucking hilarious. <laughs> a woman died, but that's still very funny that he had to pull his dick out in court. How okay. has your audience show to everyone? Has, or like so, just the jury? No, no, fuck the dog. It was a hung jury. <laughs> I mean, that did happen, Joel. How has your audience reacted to this? Like, because you guys, so right now it seems like you're stuck at about right. So what? actually, we ha- the past two weeks have had subscriber growth. What? I think a lot of the subscribers that signed on for like the kale era are gone. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, but, but that's the thing is, what's when, you're talking about the subscriber loss, which is fine. It's like we lost 20,000 subscribers over the course of 10 months, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine. And we're not sure if that is a Google algorithmic thing. Or if the channel's bugged. Or what, whatever. But it's that is completely fine with me because they weren't going to watch the videos anyway. Yeah. They were going to go yeah. in and shit talk. That, it, it's fine. The thing that weirds me out about it is that our views have maintained a average and in fact, in the past month or two, have grown. So even though the subscribers are going down, the views are growing technically uh, on a month-over-month, which... I, I think you're, you're actually 
you kind of benefit from having fewer subscribers if you have well because your ratio your view velocity yeah. So yeah. If, yeah if a lot of people are watching you know within the first 48 hours like you're going to do better and be more recommended and as so we evolve, if there's a way to purge dead subscribers on, yeah, on I love within it on some parameters that would be amazing 12, well they used to do it like yeah we talked about that years ago but there was no way to do it apparently my I, we were told, I think we were told I last week that there Google is a, there is a, do that. There's a secret way to do it. They can like, do it. You haven't been active for 18 months, you're gone. Yeah, you haven't signed in, you haven't watched There the is a way to do it. Also, I, I think you have to go to your, your rep and like be really tight and connected with them. To, to can I that. say the, just this? The, uh, so no. when, our, when our fucking... Stop. We had subscriber growth. <laughs> we had subscriber growth literally every single month. Constant growth, never negative. September of 2016 rolls around. This is a true story. Oh, yeah. We put out three negative videos about YouTube starting the demonetization thing. Back then, we were one of the only channels talking about it because it was seriously affecting us. And we blasted them, three videos in a row. Especially there was one video where we did the entire video of like, fuck you, motherfuckers. Then we went to PAX and one of the YouTube reps was there. And we were like, what the fuck is going on with this shit? Got into an argument there. This could have absolutely no connection whatsoever, and probably doesn't, but. Some tinfoil hat shit. Tin, put on your tinfoil hats. September 2016, first month in years, subscriber loss. Ever since then, subscriber loss, subscriber loss, subscriber loss. One year to the day, September 2017, Subscriber growth. Our, our channel. There's a 12 month punishment. 12 <laughs> month in YouTube. I, I believe they it. They I believe it. it down a little because, bit. Because 12 months in YouTube jail. Was really in, in SourceFed, in source wow, when we did the, the, the Google video, which we clearly shouldn't have done. Right? I thought, yeah. Like, I, think yeah. I think we're all clear on this. Uh, it, uh, it was at the peak of our popularity. We had the, the, the highest subscriber growth, the highest views, most profitable, like everything was green. Like every meeting was like high fives all around. Yeah, just fucking. Yeah, we had just come out of VidCon without like we had been at VidCon with our YouTube rep and like we had we partied with him. We had a good time with him. Everything was brilliant. After that, everything just completely hit the shitter. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, and it was. It was. It part was. Part of it was it attracted an alt right audience who was at odds with literally every other thing that we were doing, uh, and I have to I have to like imagine there. There is a, the possibility that there is some kind of punishment hand behind things that happen on YouTube, and we see this sometimes when like a YouTuber will just pop for no reason, mm -hmm. you know, or when like a channel will just kind of fall off for no reason when it's doing really well. Like we definitely, we definitely did not do well for for a period after that happened. That was so. That was in May or June, and it took us really until November, I think. So it was, yeah, I mean, it was almost six months of of. Yeah. Being in purgatory. Yeah, lots until, of other things going on then too. But lots of other things going on. But it took us six months, and and then we started, and then we had like five months of uninterrupted growth before we well, got shit canned. I mean, there's a couple of things to hmm. take into account. Um, the I don't want to use this term, but it is the one that kind of makes sense with it. Is Use it. It's I don't. Boys I, night right now. I don't want to. I don't want to. Talking to the boys it, It's basically the like boys <laughs> people. Like like I said with the the balloon metaphor that was terrible. Uh, you have a constant radicalization of what you would perceive as normal thought into, oh fuck these guys because they're, or, or making fun of the Trump God. Mm -hmm. So fuck them instead of someone who could look at something 
a couple years ago and be like, oh, well, yeah, there's two sides to the story. That's fine, whatever. Like, now it's just like, fuck them. If they say one bad thing about Emperor Trump, Fuck them. Is that from like the Donald subreddit of just being a keyboard warrior, taking it to the meme level? Well, it's a, it's a very strange, and, and, and I, I say radicalization because it is a, it's a path towards becoming alt-right, which starts with something simple, and then you fall down a rabbit hole of constant regurgitation of things that could be... Next thing you know, you're at a pizza joint in D.C. Things things that are are somewhat true, but you're only getting fed that stuff. This is a bit of an aside, but that radicalization is purposeful. Yeah. Oh, no, there's people working that behind the scenes. That that are planting those memes and phrases and and kind of pushing that sort of language. Like, people get get caught up online in things that (laughs) essentially will never, ever affect them or happen to them, but they see a regurgitation machine constantly showing them things that are happening that are negative against what they're being shown should be the right way. And they look at that and it's all they're seeing. They're like, you know what? This is like, they're onto something. And it's like, we're, we, we don't do, do that. We don't try to guide anyone's voice aside from the fact that when something's fucking stupid, we're like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. like are you the, He fucking said that he's going to, He's pulling all of the resources out of Puerto Rico, it, but it's American territory, and they don't have electricity or clean drinking water yet. But it, but he gave him some paper towels, so yeah, they're good. It's so stupid. <laughs> but it's like, how do you? That's what like, uh, I hate to keep you like. That's the thing is you can't even fucking use these buzzwords anymore. Honestly, I think that's like, more... like gaslighting is a buzzword now. When and you're no, gaslighting, they're like instant fucking unsub. But it's like gaslighting is a term that represents when someone is making you feel, feel crazy. Like crazy. As, as much yeah. as I would like to believe that, that that Google like penalized your channel or my channel. Oh yeah, no, it was, I, yeah, it's just it's got to be the audience thing because I can think of so many other channels that have openly criticized YouTube and Google, but the the difference is all, every channel that I can think of that does that always goes. Well, let's look at both sides of the story. You know, like it's it's not. Or they what they're saying, but this is what they're saying, and who knows? You know, what do you think? Oh, which well, is listen, so, which is so cheap. Or they or they pander to that kind of culture online, which well, you, which you is do. a much more active and engaged. Honestly, yeah. the uh, the even if you don't even if people don't consider themselves alt right, if you look at that and how uh, how much it's permeated the space, they are active, engaged. And well, it's like it's like we were yeah. saying. They they have a unified front. Yes. Like there is no what a turn deviation. this conversation has gone. There's no deviation you, well, between be, between like it's you're with or against. You're in or out. You're in. You're out. You're That's in. That's why out. YouTube, yeah. YouTube, yeah. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube prioritizes. YouTube also engagement. prioritizes engagement, but yep. but what do they call it? It's, it's conflict. This is this is a hot so, tip for anybody who is an entrepreneur on YouTube and does not have a conscience. If you pander to the right, you will be very successful right now. Yes. Yeah. Also, diss you, tracks. Yeah, <laughs> diss tracks. But if, that's the thing. With if the, you have any kind of conscience at all whatsoever, you will be incapable of doing this. I think. But it is like it is. A but way it does more beat you down. Audience. It beat like it for a while, and it to to this day sometimes, but not often. But for a while there, like we were pretty feeling pretty low about like the response, and it's like, well. But we, like, we, me and Ellie would have conversations, like, we're not the crazy ones here. Like, this is fucked up, right? And it's like, yeah, and I'm like, okay, well, we need, we need to hold our ground and be like, we're not going to back down because a bunch of fucking shitheads are, like, thinking that we're on George Soros' payroll. 
<laughs> but you should it's reach so out to George Soros and ask him. I mean, where's my are. fucking check? Where's your then? check? I really do wonder how many people believe that and how many people are just joking. It's, it's so, hard to tell. It's so stupid. As long as they preface everything as like it could be a joke, like you just can't really ever nail them. Well, that's the thing is, there's so much. Like we we make fun of what you would consider people on the left a ton too, but it's just like that doesn't even register because it's just like, oh, but then you said this, and it's like, well, come on. Like, what are you doing? Like, like right now, it's really fun watching fucking liberals eat each other alive over this Harvey Weinstein thing. Because it's yeah. just like, you all kept this secret. Yeah. For the most part here, we've been talking about whether, you know, it's more advantageous to work within the confines of a company or as an independent and also... Or within know, the space of a topic. Or, right. And, yeah. and, you know, relationships with your audience and whether it's more important to consider what's right for you or what's right for your business. Right, so yeah. so we've been talking about a lot of topics. Final thoughts, you know, what would you what would you advise people that are kind of experiencing uh, these questions similarly online? Do you want to run down the table, or you want to just talk to Ricky? What I, do you I want mean, to do? I'd be interested in running down the table. Go. My advice for either creators or companies is to look really long and hard at what Rooster Teeth has been doing with their most recent channel acquisitions. Um, they, uh, it's fairly widely known, and we've talked to, to some of the guys uh, who work on those channels, they are allowing the creators to retain some measure of ownership in the channels that they create, and a lot of independence. And I think that that leads to really great innovative content, but you still have the umbrella of a company there to make sure that things don't go too far off the rails in terms of like you know advertisers and, and QC and safety. Um, and you also get some security in terms of financing, but you get to retain your rights. And I think that both from a creative, uh, a creator rather, and a company point of view, uh, that's the probably the best way to go. I, I agree in the, in the point that having a safety net financially for the creator and having a safety net for the company basically being like, we know that they won't go off the deep end mm -hmm. uh, is great, especially like at my age, it's terrifying to think about just going off on your own. The financial instability is something that I can't even fathom right now. Like I'm fucking 33 years old. It's, it would be terrifying. Um, I'll say that my advice would be YouTube in general has always been to be yourself. And I think that you should, if you want to take a stance on something, if, if, if you're doing gameplay content, you, you don't need to get politics involved. If you're doing gameplay content or or something that is not something that challenges your audience, uh, then that's fine. But if you do want to do comedy, if you do want to talk about current events, if you want to have weight to your statements, you should believe what you're saying. And I think an easy way out is to pander, but I think ultimately, if you're succeeding or failing, you'll be happier with both results. If you stay true to yourself exactly if, if you put in the work and I will say that like when you talk about people who comment and say fucking stupid shit or call you a pussy or call you a cuck or whatever I look at the likes and dislikes and, and with something like when we did tigs instead of tugs mm -hmm. it's like yeah there's a lot of dislikes because we fucked with people but like on or a normal thing actually don't get it even like, even on a normal thing like I look at it and it's like okay there's a bunch of comments of people like being dickheads but there's 50 dislikes and 6,000 likes. Yeah. And it, the video has 150,000 views. So obviously, 
It's a vocal minority. That was one of the best videos I think you guys have done all year. Jesus, I hope not. Jeremy, I mean, it was, it was written so well, and it was... But all I did was pretend that I was writing marketing It was memos. fantastic. I thought it was pretty amazing. It was, it was written, and I was there when you guys filmed it, because I took a part in it. Felt like I was well, so there was no outro, outtakes. It was it was The best was that I, uh, I kind of, like, mocked... I was mocking um, IGN with just, like, normal... Oh, you don't say. But, but no, but, like, so I was mocking them, but, like, taking it even further yeah. with zero opinion. Really amped <laughs> uh, But then... The day after, I just happened to randomly be, we were at Best Buy and there was a GameStop next door. I'm like, I haven't been to GameStop in a while. Let me go to GameStop. And up on the TVs was like GameStop's gaming news. And I was like, holy shit. That's exactly This was that. pitch perfect. Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't, I was blissfully unaware that something that just bland even existed anymore. And that w- was was what was so it's like funny the baby to me. Food of yeah, it's, it's I was super, just like, "Holy super shit!" Green, there's no spice on it. It's mm-hmm. just Jeremy. What are your what are your Dr. final Pepper's thoughts? Two spices. Uh, final thoughts. Also spice. Uh, well, you know, when you're considering a career in entertainment, my advice is maybe don't. You know, let it be a hobby. It's a it's a brutal, horrible business. You're just saying that so nobody competes with you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like it's draining the swamp. I want to be honest with you. It's unlikely, right? Like the the amount of people that become really successful if you ask them how they did it. They'll give you a bunch of bullshit, but really the answer is it was a miracle. Yeah. You know? Uh, and if you get the opportunity to make a living doing it by any means at all, whether it's working for a company or doing it on your own, I say take it. Uh, you know, but but it's gonna be different for everybody. For example, you know, I'm I'm now at an age where my cost of living is significantly higher because I have a family to support and stuff, mm-hmm. right? It's not as easy for me to just go Cut like totally independent, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I always have to balance, you know, risk versus reward, regardless of anything that I've com- accomplished previously. So you know, sometimes sometimes life makes that decision for you uh, while you're young and full of promise. Make that decision for yourself and just try it. You know, if you fail, you don't really have much to lose when you're when you're young. And don't get into a relationship until you're 25, at least. That's what I did. I would say make you're mistakes baby, early while baby you're boy. young. You're such a little cute little baby boy. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. Uh, I've always really appreciated the safety net that Machinima has provided. It's been really like my first real job out of college when I was looking for a. Quote unquote, oh, he's a baby boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mom and dad think I make video games or something. That's like fucking that. scary. I know. So I can't really imagine a, a world with not coming to work. And I, I love what I do. I love the freedom and opportunity and the variety of stuff I'm able to so do. So, something like um, being the head of, of Realm that we could have talked about going from Machinima Realm to now Realm Games, uh, primarily League of Legends focused. And I personally don't really care that much about MOBAs or playing League anymore. And I've been given the opportunity, basically, to transition off the channel to work on more prosperous things for both Machinima, Warner Brothers, stuff like that. So it's just great that things are always revolving and things are new. And I've always loved YouTube because that's also been my start with my, my Shibby channel of gameplay, is things move very quickly and it's never stale. And every day there's something new. I'm always learning. There's always new things to try, and it's, it's just a fun place to be in. What but do you really think? This is all I, corporate no, BS. No, that's what I do. I, I, I love Fucking it. shill, you yeah. cuck. What? You company cuck. No, I'd say don't do gaming content because you watch PewDiePie and you want to make YouTube money. Like, that's not a thing. It's Yeah, it's not going to happen. If, you're, if you want to do gaming content, it's because you bring something different to the table, and people want to be there for you and not just because you're good. 
Like that just doesn't fly anymore. Like being like, watch my 50 and zero PUBG, whatever. It's, it's more about being an entertainer now. So you have to think about it that way. And yeah. definitely be, be multiversed and not just YouTube, but also Twitch. I mean, just live stream in general. If you want to go Mixer or whatever the fuck you want to do, fine. Nobody's going with Periscope. <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a shit. But I think being you and being uh, very genuine, don't try to copy others. Uh, for me, when I was making just content just as shitty prior to Machinima, was watching other people's gameplays would literally affect how I record and talk and stuff like that. So I had just, like horse blinders, when horses are racing, you can't look at what people are doing to the left or right of yours, you're gonna trip and fuck up. Mm -hmm. Like you have to focus on you and what you're doing and keep going forward. And you know, even if a horse is a little bit faster than you, like their channel's growing fat, you have to work, do you. And be genuine, genuine about you or it's gonna change your content. At least that's how it affected me a lot. So I don't know if there's other people out there, but. I definitely have experienced that yeah. when, when doing sketches. Uh, if I would watch a bunch of college humor videos or yeah, it, like it, Funny or Die, I would like kind of start to write differently. Yeah. And it would fuck my scripts up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, bring, bring something new to the table, but it has to be you. And I think that's what you need to do to be successful nowadays because it's so fucking saturated. And that's not to anyone's fault. It's just, yeah. that's how it is. Yeah. Well, it's Machinima's fault. I mean, if we hadn't started gameplay videos in 2000, respawn uploading yeah. 30 uh, videos a day. Guys, thanks At for least. thanks. The boys and I want to thank you for coming on. The boys and I. Uh, I'm all out of beer, but Ricky, uh, where can the fine people, the fine 300 people who watch our show, find you? <laughs> you can unsubscribe from us at YouTube.com/etcshow. What, what, what about you yourself? Oh, uh, Twitter.com, uh, uh, R-I-C-K-Y-F-T-W. Ricky for the win. Shane. I am Twitter. I'm just at Shane. Or I mean, or you can search, or just search Shibby. That's such bullshit. Yeah. Wow. Early well, you can't get Joel Rubin because that because uh, of that uh, LA Times reporter. LA Times reporter. We're buds. We we tweet back. Also, I'm on Twitch now because uh, the the workday never ends. And um, <laughs> and Realm I stream for five games. hours a night. Yeah, after working eight hours. You want to watch uh, League of Legends content, but I'll be moving off that channel. Not that I do much like hosting or anything, but uh, watch Tugs on yeah. uh, ETC Party. Oh, time. and the quick Tug story. It was made because Inside Gaming left, as you know. Boo. And uh, we actually got pressure to do a gaming show, and we we're like, Hey, fuck you. You want to you. you on gaming show and we just mocked gaming shows and they were yeah. like they're like oh this sucks and we're like well as long as you hate it we're gonna <laughs> yeah. I, I literally thought it would be our boss at the time walking off saying this show's canceled like what the fuck you guys doing we canceled it every episode yeah. I, and that was yeah. for real like I thought the show was going the only reason it still <laughs> even goes on is because when people come up to us at conventions or gaming events, they're like, hey, I love Tugs. And I'm like, don't cancel it. People come up, they don't come up and ever say, like, hey, I love weekly. They'll say, like, creepy text or something like that. But they're like, talk about dude, Trump Tugs Trump. is so good. And it's like, all right, well, we're making this for some little shithead. Uh, <laughs> you can find us here on YouTube uh, at youtube.com slash boytalk. Yeah, or uh, on Twitter at the goddamn boys, which we never use. Uh, and if you're listening to us on iTunes, be sure, please. To rate us, give us a, a like and a rating. It helps people find our show. We don't have money to advertise who we are, and spreading it around helps us out a lot. A lot if we actually want to continue doing it. And if you like the new format, let us know too. Of us, of Jeremy and I, of the boy and I. Hey, why don't you just do a fucking Twitch show for us? We need the content. <sighs> I don't know if we can. Why not? Uh, the boys and I is a Twitch show. We're super expensive. <laughs> You're getting paid nothing right now. Yeah. I'll give you five dollars a week. Something. I personally right. will give you five dollars a week. I'm slating it. Everybody uh, was trying to give me a hug. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks for watching, uh, and uh, goodbye. I'll see you in hell.